0: Welcome to the pre-post-film review. I'm Matt Stevenson.
1: Uh, And I'm John Asquith. Uh, Today on the podcast we're going to be talking about The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. There's a lot of thes in there, which always I find amusing. Um, So the way the podcast works is that we record our thoughts and impressions of a trailer um, and what we're expecting of a movie. uh, And then we come back once that film has been released and we talk about the film itself and kind of compare what our expectations were versus what actually happened in the movie um so we'll be doing that with the third hobbit film today uh and we've got a bit of extra special bonus audio at the end of this review Mm -hmm. um we got to chat to um rob mcbride um, who was a visual effects artist on uh the three hobbit films uh, at Weta digital yep um so we got to sit down with him he's um uh, from Melbourne, but moved over, has lived over in New Zealand, and kind of goes around. He's done a lot, quite a bit of VFX work and yep. game design work and things. Um, so it was really great to pick his brain about, um, yeah, a bit of behind the scenes stuff on uh, the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. So definitely stick around for that, guys. It's uh, really interesting really stuff. Great. Uh, but first, let's go into our trailer thoughts for the Hobbit: the Battle of the Five Armies.
0: One day I'll remember. Remember everything that happened, the good, the bad. Those who survived, and those that did not.
2: Home is behind the world ahead And there are many paths to tread Through shadow to the edge of night Until the stars are all
0: alive. Um, okay, so we've popped back into the studio because the new trailer for the third Hobbit film, mm. um, what is it, Battle of the Five Armies? Is that the,
1: right? The Hobbit, the Battle <laughs> of the Five Armies. <laughs> That's right.
0: Um, so we've just watched that trailer that premiered at Comic-Con yesterday, I think. Yeah. Um... What do you reckon, John? What are your thoughts?
1: I'm so mixed on this. (laughs) Matt, uh, as a disclaimer to our listeners, uh, you and me both are huge fans of the Lord of the Rings Yeah, I think you should make that clear. Yeah. Um, Yeah, massive fans. Like, mean, weird... Those films mean, like, weird personal things to me. (laughs) Like, I'm so emotionally attached to those movies. yeah, yeah, yeah totally uh, I think it's all I mean because they're great but also the the period of how old I was when they were coming out yeah the time out, they came out yeah yeah, yeah like I love them and so I was so excited for uh, The Hobbit yeah. films as a concept um, just to give a brief background um, it all started <laughs> yeah. um, when uh, Guillermo del Toro was attached and yeah. you know that's going back many years now and it was such an exciting thing on the horizon. Um, yeah, the thought
0: of like revisiting that world yeah, that meant so much. Yeah. yeah,
1: and with Peter Jackson keeping a watchful eye to make sure it doesn't stray too far away from the world we know and love, but having a fresh perspective yep. uh, through del Toro's eyes. And, and then, it was only two films back um, then as and well. And it was <laughs> only two films, yeah, which felt perfectly fine and reasonable and a nice way to stretch out the, the book. Uh, and then All the Trouble Happened... Uh, it just you know whatever happened the, the rights issues and blah 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 Del Toro couldn't do it Peter Jackson had to step in and still I was quite hopeful because I love him and I love the, the Lord of the Rings yeah uh, I was disappointed but still okay it's alright like, yeah you know, I was I
0: was kind of the same in, in a weird way I was excited that we were getting to see more yeah. more Lord of the Rings yeah. from Peter Jackson yeah exactly
1: yep. yeah it wasn't a bad thing it was just a different thing um and then
0: then the the first film came out (laughs) the first film came out and
1: I actually really liked the first film and I still do but there were very obvious issues with it which for me got worse with the second film in terms of stretching out things, too much CGI, too much cartoony CGI.
0: Which is strange, because you must be in the minority. I think I am yeah. in the
1: minority. Most people prefer the second film and, and feel that it isn't as stretched out as the first. And I, yeah. I can see why. But uh, just for me personally, yep. uh, there was the whole third act and everything. But so... so and i think you you're basically on the same page yeah i think as me I, I, at this point
0: at least when i first saw the second film i think i liked it better than the first yeah um i think i'm swaying back a little bit having rewatched the second one quite recently mm. but
1: but in general yeah, yeah yeah in terms of passion and expectations and yeah. things i think we're very similar yeah
0: i think i might actually be lower than you to an extent but at we're this quite time similar around. yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, so you know it's with mixed very mixed feelings that we're coming to the last Middle Earth
0: film, the definitive chapter. The definitive of the <laughs> chapter,
1: Earth. apparently, yeah. Oh. Uh, which I know you love that oh, tagline. That
0: makes my blood boil. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I think that just talking about the trailer, there's hints of what will be. I think good moments and good little character beats or whatever, Mm. but I'm not expecting to be in love with this movie at this point. Yeah. And I think the trailer is kind of a good representation of what we're going to get in the sense that there's bits of goodness sprinkled amongst the same old bloated CGI. Like, there's just... I don't know how I feel about using Pippin's song. I,
0: I think like I think it's like it's so desperately hard to try and evoke Return of the King. Yeah, memories. I think so too. Even in the way it's shot, like the shots there's a shot of Gandalf like sort of riding through this city with this like rubble which is exactly yeah. what happens in Return of the King when he gets to um what's it called? Minas Tirith. Minas I think. Tirith, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. like there's so many little moments in this trailer. <laughs> the and obviously the the biggest is the Billy Boyd song that's playing over the top of it which is ripped straight from Return of the King
1: yeah yeah I think it is relying too hard on the nostalgia that people have Mm. yep and uh, it's just a shame you know because the tone is good I like the the tone that they're going for in the sense that there's darker stuff here now and the adventure isn't just an adventure anymore like this the stuff that happens in this film is going to impact Future events and impact Middle Earth. You know, this is what they're going for. I'm not saying it, yeah, they're, they're th- going to do it effectively. I
0: think that's the card they've been trying to play for all the Hobbit films. Yeah, they've, no, they have,
1: they have. But this is the this is the the one where where it, it fits. It could, could fit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I think
0: they've they've shot their wad on that one. Oh, I like. agree.
1: I totally agree. But I just like. Uh...
0: You see, I, I the see. The tone you're saying. of the yeah, trailer, I guess, it's fitting in this case where it wasn't yeah. in the others. It yeah, could yeah, work yeah. in this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just
1: purely for the trailer. Like, it, it's hard for us not to talk about the film because we're we want to, like, yeah. what we're expecting and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, yeah so I, I I don't know. Like, I, I'm so torn between my love for the the world and my love for the the old films and the books too. I'm a big fan of the books and Tolkien mm. in general. And but that that um, Goodwill has been drained a bit from the first <laughs> yeah, two hobbit films. Yeah, definitely. Um and I just don't I can't overlook flaws now as much as I perhaps have in the past. Yeah. How do you feel? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um I guess I feel s- a similar way to you. I I think my expectations are lower. I based on that trailer, I I think we're in for a film that's going to be pretty CGI and battle heavy. Yeah. Like I was saying before about harking to Return of the King, I think in a lot of ways I didn't like some of Return of the King because it was so battle-heavy, but Mm. it sort of balanced it well with the the small Frodo-Sam stuff and there was this like yin and yang of the big battles and this tiny personal drama that was happening and I I don't think The Hobbit has that and it's going to try and push the battles bigger... Yeah, and it's it is going gonna to, yeah. not have anything else to counterbalance that, and it's just gonna be a CGI wank fest of armies running at each other. Five yeah. of them. Yeah, in fact. five of them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I.
1: think you might be right, and we've talked about this, you know, outside of the show, <laughs> um, that the Hobbit films lose sight fairly quickly of Bilbo. Yeah. And he becomes secondary to Thorin, who's this Aragorn type figure everyone wanna be. Yeah, this the king that wants to reclaim his land. Yep. Uh the problem is Thorin isn't likable and uh Yeah, I mean there's some interesting things there where he goes a bit crazy yeah, with mean, think... gold and that. But yeah it's just there's no no one aside from Bilbo in this trilogy I think that you really connect with and root for and to put him on the sideline is like
0: it's yeah. It's your one point of entry into this world, and yeah. You're, just, yeah, you're not focusing on him at all.
1: I don't care whether Thorin gets his land back, and they've tried really hard. I mean, I I, I connect more with some of the other dwarfs than I do with him, and I don't know. There's it's just there's, there's, that, yeah. there's that there is that Frodo and Sam human story that's missing from these films. I think.
0: Yeah, I think there is the And by human I mean Hobbit. <laughs> there's, there's the potential for it to be an interesting arc. Because it looks like Thorin could almost become a villain. Yeah. On the trailer, he seems to go mad and just yeah. want nothing but war. But I don't think they're going to have the conviction to go through with that fully, for the type of film that it is. I mean, well, I think you'll go it's a hard. bit.
1: Yeah. Well, the book. Have yeah, you yeah, yeah, you yeah. The book? I have.
0: Yeah, years ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I don't. Know. I don't think there's enough enough to chew on in order to go down that root and you're right trying to make him a hero doesn't work either because he's just not likeable Mm. so you're not you're not rooting for him yeah and then they've introduced uh, Bard in the last towards the end of the last film which I assume they're going to play as the big hero in the third one Mm. but it feels like too little too late in terms of a big heroic character latch onto absolutely unlike Aragorn who was there from the very beginning and you saw him grow from this like creepy ranger dude into this king
1: exactly and I guess on on a certain level, that's the source material. Yeah, yeah, yes. And then how you approach how different The Hobbit is from Lord of the Rings. But the
0: difference there is that the source that's not the focus of the source material. Like, it's The, no. this, uh, the Hobbit isn't about Thorin.
1: No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's sort of, yeah, so it's how you approach it. And instead of treating The Hobbit as a, a nice adventure, another adventure that we get to have in Middle Earth, um, it's like so they're so conscious of connecting it to Lord of the Rings and making it as serious as Lord of the Rings Mm. uh, which was just from the get go a bad decision I think and it affects everything along the way then and uh, not in a positive way at all like the, the light-hearted stuff in the first film is, is the best stuff, I think, because you get that spirit of adventure and, and that that's the tone fantasy. of the
0: book, too. Like, yeah. The book is so funny. I remember laughing so many times in that book.
1: It is. And, you know, yeah, there's, there is a big battle at the end and there are some character characters who don't make it until the, the end of the story. And so you, you do have a serious turn, but it's certainly not this epic fantasy thing, you yeah. know? Like
0: I mean even the even fellowship was quite light compared to the follow up mm-hmm. following feels like 2000 yeah. return of the king you could have made these even lighter and it could have been this beautiful little gradual sort of descent into darkness over yeah. 6 or 5 or 4 preferably yeah. <laughs> films yeah. um yeah you're right it's just a huge mistake to dive in at like the deepest end of darkness that it kind of didn't even reach until return of the king in yeah that's right the the original trilogy yeah it seems really misguided.
1: Mm. Yeah, so...
0: Anyway, we seem to be ranting about the other films. Um, I know, what yeah. about? Is there anything that you think looks good in the trailer? Like, f- shots or anything you're looking forward to?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, actually, most <coughs> of it... You know, it's funny, we, we're sort of talking about how disappointing the series is and things, and but the, the, this trailer itself, the last third is doesn't look great to me, but the, the rest looks intriguing. Like, the, especially uh, there's some stuff with Gandalf... Uh, who's, you know, ca- captured in mm-hmm. Dol Guldura. Um And it looks like Galadriel comes yeah. to his aid at one point. And that, knowing probably those characters as we do, that looks like quite a, an emotional moment yep. or a, a, something that's got a bit of weight to it and looks interesting. Yep. And uh, not knowing a lot about um, what's in the appendices about how they confront Sauron at uh, at and yeah. get rid of him I don't really know a lot about that so I'm interested to see how that yeah, that's true transitions and I hope it transitions nicely into him you know going off to Mordor and yeah. sitting atop a tower <laughs> but um yeah the, I mean I'm always interested in Bilbo's storyline there's just never enough and yeah. I'm worried the same even thing even in the like trailer that. he's hardly in the trailer yeah he's in the, like the start and the end yeah uh, how about you like is there any what's the positive in uh, there that you can not see? much
0: no yeah. I mean it doesn't look terrible and I'm hoping there's at least some if we're going to have a film full of action I'm hoping there's at least some inventive action there yeah. seems to be shots of like a a cart chase on some frozen lakes which yeah. I mean we haven't really seen much I sort like of the look of icy that icy action before yeah. like that could be cool yeah um yeah, I don't know. I think I just have basically have the same fears as you. The the big battles at the end don't really interest me and the, mm. it's more the character-based stuff and we're not going to probably get much of that from Bilbo. So yeah. it's Gandalf and some of the other minor yeah. ones.
1: Yeah. What I want at the end of this movie is to be like I was at the end of The Return of the King. Just crying like yeah. a baby? Yeah. yeah. It won't Which happen. We've spoken about like just bawling my eyes out and not wanting You might to. be
0: crying out of disappointment. Yeah, well, d- different <laughs> kinds of tears. Yeah, destroyed your know, films that you <laughs> loved.
1: <laughs> well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. Like, I think Lord of the Rings stands on its own. Yes. But we could go on for a long time,
0: Matt. <laughs> we could.
1: But maybe we'll leave the teaser here. Yeah, I think that's a good and, idea. And uh, cut forward to us in a few months, I guess.
2: Mist and shadow.
0: Will you have peace or war? Oh shall fade I will have war shall
1: shall Fade Will you follow me? One last time. Okay, Matt, we're back in the studio. We've we been uh, over hills and under trees. We have. We've been through barrels <laughs> and uh, we've killed dragons. Yes. And seen a lot of fighting. A lot of fighting. And I'd like to know what your thoughts are on the, the Hobbit, the Battle of the Five <laughs> Armies, <laughs> the Battle generally.
0: Of the, armies. the previous... Two films, Unexpected Journey and... Desolation of Smaug. Desola- Desolation of Smaug. Um, I enjoyed, but didn't didn't love. Mm. Um, I didn't feel like they reached the heights of the, the Lord of the Rings films. But they have their qualities. Um, I certainly don't hate them, and I don't think they deserve some of the backlash that they've gotten. Um, but they're certainly not amazing films, I would say. I mm. I like them rather yeah. than love them. Yeah, um, I, I agree. So... I guess with Battle of the Five Armies, I kinda went in expecting the same thing. Um I guess I was a little bit hesitant given that it's called Battle of the Five Armies. Yeah. And just you know, some of the the weaker parts of the the films are often the battles. Yeah, you know, that's they right. get a bit tied up in the battles. Um and I think that's kind of what happens here. Um I think at the end of the day, if I had to give an overall impression of the film it's basically the same as the first two I I think it has really strong moments in in many places I think it has the best moments of the Hobbit trilogy but I also think it has some of the worst moments of the Hobbit trilogy as well and I think it kind of ends up balancing itself out to be on about the same level as the others Mm. I think yeah it suffers from too much CGI too many battles but then it also seems to focus in on some more meaningful and moving character moments than has perhaps come before in the in the Hobbit films. Which I guess is a sort of a um is inevitable given that it's the third film and it's building on these relationships yeah. that have grown for such a long period of time. Hmm. But uh yeah, I think I think it's again good, but I didn't love it. What about you, John? What are your thoughts on Battle um, of the Five Armies?
1: Yeah, I'm really um I guess I'm on the same page. I'm mm-hmm. sort of confused because <laughs> I, I really enjoyed this film just as it's sitting down and mm-hmm. being entertained. I thought it achieves that really well, yep. I think, because it's the leanest of uh, any of the Rings or yeah. uh, Hobbit films. I think it's like two and a half hours or yeah, even slightly so. less. Yeah. Um, and so it, it moves at a brisk pace. There's lots of interesting action Um the effects work on on like a lot of these sequences whilst over the top and cartoony as they are is still really visually interesting yeah. and um kept me like enthralled the whole time just yep. on a on a basic level. Um but yeah, it it also has a lot of problems and continues on from the other two films and carrying over problems yeah. of of um I don't know, just there's no um they try really hard in this film to have an emotional connection towards the end Uh, and I appreciate that effort but it just didn't Didn't I didn't feel it and I really wanted to you know
0: see it worked for me not perfectly and not nowhere near as good as the original films but it did it did click yeah
1: okay interesting yeah well I mean it wasn't like I was sitting there with my arms (laughs) crossed like yeah this is crap yeah but you know, I I did feel it a bit, but I yeah. wanted I real I wanted a more. big cathartic thing, and and as uh, um that <laughs> yeah, as um criticised as the first two films are for being too long and having too much padding. Yeah, man, I missed it in this third one. Do
0: you know that's such a good point because I think oh, it's, it it almost I don't know there's there is there something wrong about the pacing in this films? Like Peter Jackson always talks about how it's this big. 6-hour story and that justifies a 1-hour opening because exactly. you're going on this long journey. Yeah. But then it's like he this film he's just thrown that out the window and yeah. has to like rush it all to some tiny conclusion just because he yeah. thinks people don't want to sit through another. Yeah. Which I guess is true to an extent like a lot of flack he copped was because of the yeah. runtime and the padding that he's put in. But it's I think by removing it from this film it sort of highlights the problems mm. in the uh, the whole film series in general. Mm. Because I know exactly what you mean. Like as much as those emotional beats worked for me, they did feel rushed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think I think you're exactly right that he he finally gave into a lot of the criticism yep. of the first two films and thought, "All right, if they want a tighter thing, let's mm-hmm. do this and we'll rush this and we'll cut that." Yep. Mm-hmm. Um and this is the movie, particularly the second half where you've got a lot of emotional things happening where you need that room to breathe and and to have time for these characters to process yep. things. Uh, and it just wasn't there and i was really disappointed and um again with the very end where return of the king was criticized for having all these endings yeah. uh i can understand why people say that but i also that never was a problem for yeah, me i cried I like, like five times yeah every ending is like <laughs> yeah, yeah you just burst into
0: tears <laughs> yeah
1: um but they they're all closing off a section each yep. of the story, and I feel like you know it's okay to fade to black because that's the that's it for Aragon. So yep. we're going to fade to black, then we're going to come back in and, and see the Hobbits, and then yeah. blah, blah 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 whatever it is. Whereas this movie, like, um, it, he uh, Bilbo gets back to Bag End and the Shire so quickly. Mm. I I would have loved a, a um. I mean, this is just I guess m- me rewriting, re yeah. rewriting the as film we like to do as we do, <laughs> but, like some kind of just small montage musical montage of I don't mean like singing I mean <laughs> uh, with a nice bit of Howard Shaw's score yeah. over the top going back over a couple of places we've already seen or something and then finally of him walking home you
0: mean yeah with Gandalf yeah, 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 yeah
1: and then yeah. finally arriving back at the Shire yeah Instead, he's just there suddenly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get a really cool scene with Gandalf. I really like that scene where he's like, I knew you had the ring all along, you little well, shit.
0: But actually, th- th- now that you bring that up, doesn't that kind of not gel with the original trilogy? Like, because in Fellowship, he kind of acts like he doesn't know and is surprised when Bilbo uses the ring at the party and like... Well, I think... I don't know, it just felt a bit disjointed to me. Yeah. That he was so like, I know you've got this great, powerful ring. I've been watching you the whole time. And then yeah. Like, well, then he just... Forgotten, fucked off.
1: Yeah, well, you know, in in I think in fellowship, he's just like you shouldn't be using it so lightly. Yeah, I, think I suppose that's, that's true. Kind of what he's saying. Um, anyway, but I I, I like that scene because it was a slower moment where you you got to just have yeah. these characters talking to each other.
0: See, the, I think my moment like that is the post battle moment where they're both sitting down. That's a
1: one well, like weirdly one of
0: the best scenes in it, the movie. I think it probably is the best scene in the film. Yeah. I mean, I I think. Uh, it was almost perfect. To me, perhaps Gandalf was a little bit pottery and bit it almost too, went into comedy yeah. zone with his pipe. Yeah. But just having that like breath was mm, so nice. Exactly. It's yeah. something that. And felt they just like look at each forgotten. other and there's like a little nod. Yeah, it? it's yeah. Like we have been through something. Yeah. As that was kind of like the first time in the Hobbit trilogy where I'd felt the weight of what had just happened, which yeah. I felt like you always felt throughout the, uh, the Rings trilogy. There was yeah. this, yeah, weight to everything. Everything mattered and. Had consequences, whereas mm. this was the first time I felt that in the yeah in the Hobbit films
1: yeah yeah. Um,
0: Sorry, uh, I derailed you. No, no, no. That's
1: that's basically what well, uh, the that basically was my point. Mm-hmm. Um, Bilbo f- gets back into his home, um, which I really liked. But then I, I again wanted a moment with Martin Freeman to take in like what had happened and, See, it, it, and I felt like it cut to old Bilbo way too quickly mm. and then it just it ended
0: yeah true I really actually I really disliked his initial entry into Hobbiton when they were selling off his uh, all his belongings See, I didn't mind that yeah, yeah I, like I thought it was okay but I don't know it was sort of a bit chaotic he again just fell straight into humor straight away mm. and I don't know it felt yeah. like I wanted something a bit different but then when he was walking around his empty Hobbit hole that moment for me was awesome that was perfect that's the kind of like melancholy mm. feeling th- that I wanted it to evoke after being on such an adventure and him like coming back to such humble beginnings and realising how little it all matters now and it kind of was like literally had nothing anymore it mm. was he had nothing in his house because yeah. it all had been sold it was like a metaphor for you know his life now having to come back to the to the shire and yeah forget you know all these grand Adventures and friends and important battles that he'd just been on. Mm. I think I nailed it with that, but mm. yeah, I totally again, agree. Rushed, and I like wanted,
1: I just wanted like maybe an extra thirty seconds of him, of actually to see his face as well. Yeah, like there's you know that shot behind him, and I don't know, it just felt a bit off to me.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think it's a indicative of what you were saying before, just everything feels a little rushed. Like they're, yeah, they're exactly. too busy trying to wrap everything up to keep it at a shorter runtime to yeah. keep audiences happy.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. What I, what I did like, though, was, I mean, the cut was too quick for me, but the cut uh, to Old Bilbo, I actually really liked, from a, a storytelling perspective, mm. was um, that it, it was like the whole movies were just him kind of sitting Gazing in Bag bag and yeah. just like reflecting on was, everything. Yeah. Um I don't know. They, they just kind of lent a, another another level of like weight to the story yeah. a little bit, you know. Um, and if you wanted to get, if you really wanted to excuse the films, you could say he was like dreaming, badly remembering a lot of <laughs> shit, which <laughs> is why they're so true. over the top.
0: <laughs> <laughs> why they took so long is because he was just elaborating all this crap. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, making up all these details. Yeah, to make it seem more exciting.
1: I, I was happy with with the movie, but um, I felt it lacked something as all the hobbits films have um and retroactively um when i first came out i thought that this was maybe the best of the films or up there with the first which i really really liked the first one yeah um and then in a couple of weeks since um it's gone down quite a bit in my head and i actually think the first and the second are more on par now um yeah right Whereas I was really disappointed with the second one initially, but it's grown on me. So yeah, it's, interesting. it's interesting how these change. And I, I do really appreciate having seen the third one now and having them all to look at yeah, as a whole. Yeah, actually, that was
0: what I was going to say as well. And it but does
1: change things. Yeah. And actually, it improves them all, I think, having a yeah, whole thing there. I totally agree the problems with that. aren't as bad. So that that was definitely a positive to take out of it. And I feel like it puts a lot of the complaining and way too much backlash that people have had. Like, it puts it all in perspective to show, like, was anything really as bad as people Mm. have said? You know, I mean, there's a lot of little niggling problems. Um, And I'm apologetic for the films, but I feel like they're a lot better now as a whole than separately.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Even though I think it, like I said before, that having them all together also highlights the the problems in terms of the structural things and how they... Blown out certain portions of the story to increase runtime to split into three films. I think yeah. once you've got it all together, that's really apparent. But yeah. in terms of the flow of the story and the character beats, yeah, things seem to make a little bit more sense. It, yeah, it gels a little bit better. If I forgive certain things in the first two films, yeah, based yeah. on where they sort of land in the third film, yeah, that's right. Um, having said that, though, I still think that um, Thorin's character is such a fumbled opportunity yeah. that it's so mishandled. I don't know whether yeah. that's the writing or that's Richard Armitage's just performance or yeah. what the issue is. I think is. it's the writing, man. Yeah. Because
1: um, Richard Armitage just seems like such a dedicated actor and from, from interviews I've seen him in and everything, he has such an intelligent approach to the character and he really puts himself in the mind space and yeah. has studied all the te- the Tolkien texts and all this stuff um and then but ultimately he has to do what's on the page yeah, that's true. and I, I think they just didn't know whether to make him likable or not
0: well, that's that's i think that was one of the biggest problems i had with this film was just how muddled it was in that sense yeah. like they 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 consistently never know whether to go full villain with him mm. or try and make him the hero that has like this sort of dark turn. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like he's, there's the parts in this film where he goes totally crazy and yeah. he's clearly like the bad dude when he's in the mountain and he, you know, he's refusing yeah, you to hate help him. anyone. Yeah, Yeah. But then there's that little moment where, you know, he's just fucking incited war and everyone's going to die because he's being an asshole. And then um, they're wanting help from the other dwarves and that little bird comes and flies mm. that signifies that the other dwarves are going to yeah. come like help them in this battle and there's this like Uplifting music playing. yeah, and it's like what that I'm not cheering is, for you exactly. right now. Is is he are we meant to be happy that yeah. he's now gonna like exactly. succeed in slaughtering all these innocent people? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. i just felt so muddled, it didn't know what yeah. it wanted to be at any one point. Yeah. And it's a shame because I actually think his descent into madness could have been really interesting. Mm, I and agree. There's, there's glimmers of it there. Like, there's a moment where he argues with... I forget the name of the dwarf, the big, tough dwarf. Yeah, I think it's Dwalin, I think. Yeah. Um, That's a great scene. It's an amazing scene. And when he talks about, like, how much of a... How lesser king he is now. He was more of a king than he ever was when he was... Yeah. ...not That's the like, king under the oh, mountain. That, this and, is a
1: scene from the
0: movie I Want. Yeah, you know? exactly right. Yeah. But then they sort of derail that and just have him snap out of this dragon sickness by walking on some gold and hallucinating a... <laughs> tunnel yeah. or, you know what I mean like yeah. I, I felt like it never f- resolved itself in a character beat it turned into this wacky CGI thing mm. and then he was just okay and a mm. hero again Yeah, I think there could have been like a beautiful moving moment where mm. his friends
1: yeah in that in that moment yeah if
0: what, he broke what, down and like apologised and sobbed and yeah
1: like, exactly and it was all of them that helped him overcome
0: it yeah and instead it, of him I just mean, wandering off hearing voices in his head and stuff, yeah, yeah. such a strange way of handling it
1: yeah yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think the shame is that the the first film sets that journey up quite well, I think, that he's not very likable. Mm. Um, but then him and Bilbo... Bilbo... Bilbo
0: <laughs> him Good and old Bilbo.
1: Bilbo Buggins. Um, <laughs> him and Bilbo f- make this small connection at the mm. end of the first film when Bilbo saves him. And they have a little hug and it's like, yes, okay, we're all together now. Um, and it I suggests that That they're going to be a tight unit. And I think if that carried on. And then, yes, of course, he can still be stubborn to elves because he doesn't like them. And that's fine. But why is he a prick to everyone? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then, if he's good that whole time and then the dragon sickness comes, it's even more of a shock to everyone.
0: Yep. See, that's the exact thought I had as well. They should have built that Bilbo Thorin relationship into an actual friendship. So then, when he does turn, it's fucking heartbreaking to yeah. watch this make them really yeah, good friends exactly and then that that ending would make me cry because I was almost close to tears yeah. with the Bilbo yeah. standing over Thorin's body like yeah. that was a great moment that was moment. the closest I came as well but it it just didn't have the emotional depth because like you said you, he was a prick to Bilbo the whole time they weren't friends like yeah he redeemed himself in the end but yeah. you know he was an asshole yeah. you don't really care
1: yeah no exactly oh man just hearing that is like I can picture that movie you know yeah right
0: like it's so close it's just such a strange they handled it in such a strange way Mm. maybe that's it's almost
1: like that was originally a theme that they had and then when they split into three they had to insert a bunch of other things that kind of uh, muddled it it feels like that throughout so many of the thematic things in these movies that like there's hints here of a setup and a bit of a payoff and in between it's like this muddy murky sort of (laughs) murkwood that that doesn't quite fit. Yeah. And um, I, I really think a lot of it is to, to do with the fact that they changed halfway
0: through production. Yeah, I think you're right. And like, you can't do that and then make up all this, like... You can't. Three hours worth of content on the fly... Yeah. ...and expect to have, like, a coherent... Yeah, that's right. ...trilogy. Yeah. And, like,
1: they've done really well
0: considering yeah, they did that's that. True. But I just wish they hadn't done it. Yeah. And I think, like, that we complain in the second film about the the extended dragon sequence at the end yeah which I think is totally justified and it's so much more justified when you see the start of this film yeah because they literally kill Smaug in like the first five minutes before the title comes up and it just I mean part of me was kind of surprised and liked that it was kind of bold and it did that so Mm. early but then most of me was just like why didn't you just put that at the end of Actually, yeah. it felt like a cheap way of keeping the dragon in the third film, extending mm. the third film out so they can put the dragon on the poster, make Smag this big villain when, yeah. you know, really his story isn't part of this no. film. Like, yeah. that should have been resolved in Part 2. Yeah. And they, but instead they shifted it to 3 and then created, on the fly presumably, this silly scene where they all run around inside Smaug's lair and try mm. and drown him in gold. Yeah. Anyway, I'm criticising the second film. I just, <laughs> I, I think that opening of no, that, yeah. that film... I mean, that scene on its own, I think is an awesome action scene. Same. It's I so loved good, that scene. Right? I was like, oh, this is great. And when Smell gets shot and he does that kind of like death spiral up yeah. into the air, it was yeah. amazing. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah.
1: And again, a glimpse at this great film we could have yes, had. Yes, yeah. And on par with ring stuff at that yeah. point because you're feeling everything. And like... Um, as silly as it was having the the um giant um arrow on the sun. On the, the you know, shoulder, I know it was yeah. so silly, but I really got kind of emotional during that scene where you know, it's like father and son yeah. teaming up or whatever. Yeah. It's so silly, but it it worked. Yep. Um Yeah, it's just a shame. Actually, you know, uh, to carry on from that from the opening, mm-hmm. you get all the kind of refugees of Lake yep. Town. I really liked that storyline and and those sequences, um, probably because they were mainly on location yeah, as well. Yeah, not so CGI. And yeah, it screen felt screen nice yeah. to have a real Yeah, it really did. I location. thought the same thing it when w- I saw that. It was like a visual breath of fresh air. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, Even though uh, the actual scenes itself, I think, sort of skewed into clunkiness after yeah. the initial sort of, you know, finding the refugees and it got into this weird Alfred crap and it all got a bit silly. Yeah, there's a bit
1: too much of him, definitely. <sighs>
0: yes, um, we'll talk about that in a yeah, minute. Yeah, <laughs> way too much, actually.
1: But, uh, but uh, yeah, as a general story thing I th- I like that I mean this is all from the book anyway but Lake Town's burnt you know they're like well we're going to the mountain because we've got nowhere yeah. to live that's a great story idea and, yeah. and they, they pulled that off reasonably well um, but again there's, there's a bit too much padding literally breast padding at some points with Alfred <laughs> you know that, yeah. um, yeah, he's, oh, he's fine he's funny but not that much you know? yeah
0: I, I don't know I didn't think yeah he's not terrible But I think my biggest issue with him was that he just... It doesn't make sense that he's around all the time. Mm. Like, everyone keeps fucking trusting him with, like, the most important jobs. And he's clearly the slimiest, weaseliest little asshole that you would never (laughs) let do anything. (laughs) Yet, like, Bard's like, oh, mind my kids in in the middle of the battle. Or, you know, stand guard and make sure no one rocks up in the whole army. Isn't
1: Gandalf, like, look after this hobbit or something? Yes, I don't know. It's like... Uh, keeps it makes no
0: truth. sense just to keep him around. Then it didn't even have, like, a satisfying conclusion. He just, like, no. ran off with breasts full of gold. Yeah,
1: he never really got his comeuppance. Yeah, up. it was weird. Yeah. Yeah, I found that really strange as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this connects to what we were talking about with there not being enough time for the emotional stuff at the end. Mm. Like, if you cut his stuff out, yeah. there's, like, ten minutes there, maybe, <laughs> yeah, that exactly. you could devote to these other yeah. things.
0: It's weird. But I think, like, the, talking about the cutting stuff out, I think it's much more apparent in this film because a lot of things you thought were building to meaningful climaxes just went nowhere. Mm. Like, I think the... the, What's the governor of Lake Town or whatever his name is? the, The Master. The Master. Like, his character arc was pretty insignificant in this film. Like, they built him up so... Spent so much time with him in the second film. Yeah. And then basically you get, like, what, one shot of him fleeing on a boat with gold and then he just gets crushed with a statue of himself or whatever happened. Yeah. That was so unsatisfying. Mm. And worse than that was, uh, old mate Bjorn. Like, we spent so much time setting him up. I don't know what they did there. And then, like... He's not even in the third film until he Five just, seconds. Yeah. He, what, an eagle carries him in or something? Yeah. And he drops and transforms and then that's it. That's it. Literally, that's it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so strange. And I know. I guarantee, I'm going to go on the record, that the extended edition has more Beyonce yeah. in the third film. But because they suddenly got this idea where they had to cut out a bunch of things <sighs> to make this a tight movie, he's just, he's hardly in it. And, and it, yeah, it makes the second film worse yes, retroactively because yeah. it's like why did we spend this time here yeah it's like that it's the same with Radagast he, yes, he amounts actually, to nothing and he's set up so much you all know, that the first shit two films.
0: is extended edition content yeah. like what they did I'm with sure, the original yeah. films like yeah. you could cut that out have yeah. three 90 minute films and then blow them out with this stuff in the extended editions because it has zero impact at the end of the day in this last film it just yeah. doesn't matter
1: yeah I was so I mean I, I've never been a huge fan of Radagast, but I was really disappointed that there wasn't even a moment with him and Gandalf where he's where they go their separate ways or something <laughs> yeah. or he they had talk at all yeah he, he literally flies in on an eagle I think I don't know and don't that's remember, it to be honest. I don't know if his sled even appears Ugh. I can't remember if he's Dol Gulder either I don't know but um anyway it's just like it's such yeah. a waste you know yeah. you, uh, you yeah, you built him up so much. Speaking
0: yeah, no. of uh, mm. Dolguldur, yeah. what what did you think of that sequence where the elves come to rescue Gandalf? Or um, the elves and Saruman?
1: Yeah. I really liked it actually. Yeah. I th- I thought it was like um really cool action scene. Yeah. Um the fighting just I don't know, there's something I guess the the kid in me really liked the look of that. Um It was a bit video gamey, but yeah. but it was cool. Um I was expecting a little more in terms of Sauron and I really didn't like um, Galadriel's demonic possession, you know, ring or the grudge kind of. Yeah, where she went all green
0: and Yeah, sprained. it's like they
1: were trying to evoke what she does in Fellowship. Well, yeah, that's clearly but what they were doing. they overdid the makeup and the effects. And yeah. also just to be a nerd, it makes no sense because uh, the ring brought that out of her in The Fellowship, it was like the dark side of her. Yeah. And now it's just like when she uses it's her like powers. It's like yeah, yeah. what
0: she does when she gets angry. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. And
1: if they want you to watch these movies in order, 20 years down the road, you're going to be like, what the hell? Yeah. You, know, you won't have that fellowship reference. Yeah, with. So that's true. I always hate when prequels do stuff yeah. like that. Yeah.
0: No, I agree with that. I um, did yeah, also... Yeah, what did you think? Well, I, I actually really like the ghosts of the, the Nazgul, yeah. or whatever they were. Like, their design... I don't know, it was kind of this like... Throwback to this transparent kind of ghost, but they just look cool. I don't know. Yeah, they really did. It looks really good. Yeah. Um, overall, I I thought it was okay. I kind of disliked the Saruman kung fu. Like that's getting into Yoda, Yoda territory. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Like I. But it it didn't go quite so. No, far, it's not as bad. You know, but yeah. Yeah. I just I feel like I specific I have specific memories of uh, interviews or docos or something where Peter Jackson talks about in fellowship the battle between Saruman and Gandalf and they use their staffs, and how he never wanted it to be like old men doing like you know magic and all this sort of stuff and it was this more subtle like you never saw the power it was just this like force and I was like yes you understand like that's so what it should be and this Mm. he kind of seems to have forgotten that a little bit like it's not totally yeah he still wasn't shooting lasers out of the (laughs) staff. no but it was close like it made me sort of feel a bit felt off Yeah. yeah Yeah, but I, I did like the design of the yeah the Nazgul and it was a cool battle.
1: Yeah, I think um, in general that that um, whole storyline is slightly problematic because mm. it makes them all seem a bit dumb for not expecting Sauron to come back in Lord of the Rings, mm, yeah. which is only yeah, it's a bit stupid, like seventy years later or something. Yep. Um,
0: Speaking of it, retroactively damaging um, the. Rings I think films. I know what you're gonna say. Fuck Legolas. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, that, that was the worst decision to have him mm. in these films. And it just makes no sense. And talking about like the emotional beats, and I nearly teared up when Thor mm. died. There was the other emotional scene when um I forget her name, Evangeline Lily's character. Yeah, Toriel Toriel. Um after she's kind of witnessed the death of Philly. Uh Killy? I think Keely Killy is her lover. I always yeah. get him confused. Um Killy, which I, I actually quite liked her reaction to that, and mm. it was similar to the Legolas stuff in the original trilogy, where it's her yeah. first sort of experience with death.
1: Yeah, and she's like, "What is this?" Yeah, healing? like I
0: think I thought uh, the father, you know, the king dude's response Very was a little On the nose, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But her performance and the, the yeah. honesty in that moment, I actually, you know, was getting a little bit emotional. Mm. But then it, it, the next scene straight after that is old mate Kingboy talking to Legolas and he's like oh pop off to the forest there's a man a man named Strider that you should yeah hunt down or whatever yeah. and you just like it makes out of no nowhere s- and it out makes of nowhere. no sense and, and
1: he also says like but you'll have to find out his real name
0: for oh yourself. yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> it's Aragorn <laughs> like the, the, uh, if that is what happened why does he not know him at the start of Fellowship, like, why is it they're exactly. the meeting for the first time at the ca- He's like, yeah. obviously, a shit scout if he hasn't found him. It took him by then until the council yeah. to actual fi- actually like, find him.
1: In, in the council, Legolas is with other elves, like, they're sent from the woodland realm. Yeah, they're you know? just like, he's not exiled or he's not off on his own. Yeah. He's like, oh. it's like Thranduil would have sent him, you know? Yeah. It, yeah, it was a terrible, uh, terrible, I don't know why they felt the need to connect that. Yeah. We've already got Legolas. That's enough of a connection. Exactly. It was and like it shouldn't the, really be there anyway. the
0: worst, weirdest way to connect the two. Like, there's so many other things you could have done, like with yeah. with Gollum or like with yeah. uh, Saruman. Even I don't know. Yeah. Just, there's so many other paths that would make more sense. Yeah, that's right. But that was just weird.
1: Yeah, it was such a weird line. Yeah. It's, it's I don't know. There's something fishy about it, <laughs> but I think it was a last minute it could have been a
0: cheeky like blue screen green screen job and they just popped it, it in because like they that. wanted a, yeah. an extra connection
1: yeah because why uh, why would he send him to it's like it, he's it, a good it, I, man but he may become great what does that even mean you know <laughs> does he know weird. who he is like does he know he's the hair of um, Isildur or whatever and like not hair does he know he's a descendant of Isildur and I don't know it's just weird
0: it's so it's so weird yeah it's, yeah I hated that moment.
1: Mm. Yeah, that that was probably the worst. well. No, there was a lot of <laughs> in
0: like tiny little bad moments. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, I'm trying. I don't want to rant too much. Though, know. like
0: having said that. um I actually liked all the deaths, as morbid as that sounds. Like, I'd, mm. I'd read the book years ago, but I'd forgotten that, mm. that there were actually any deaths in this. Yeah. And because, like, the, you know, general consensus is that The Hobbit is a children's book, yeah. I was expecting no one to die, mm. um, which was kind of one of the issues I had with the first two films, trying to set this darker tone that matched The Lord of the Rings. And I was like, well, it's mm. never going to go that way because, mm. you know, you, no one no one dies, which is kind of part of, you know, the stakes of a... Setting up a world, and mm. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so having three dwarves, Carcet, like that. Each time one of them happened, I was genuinely got a shock, and yeah, there were emotional moments that moved me. I yeah, I absolutely. Really liked all three of those. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I remembered that they were coming, but but even so, you, it's like they they were shot quite effectively. And yeah. They were, they were good. Like confronting scenes really. Yeah,
0: and I think retrospectively that makes me like the first two films in the way that they set those three characters up. Yeah, exactly. Because they were the ones and in a quite subtle way too, like it wasn't like they were the only ones you focused on, but yeah. they sort of emerged from the crowd and ended up becoming the ones you knew a little bit more, so yeah. their deaths were more meaningful. Yeah. In the third film.
2: Yep,
0: yep. Uh and I actually and I also like the fight on the ice. Yeah, me too. Um yeah, all the battle stuff, I D- didn't like very much.
1: Well, I thought it was okay. Like I, I think they tried a couple of things to to differentiate. Yeah. it from yeah, the l- From Return of the King, I appreciated that. Um, I really liked just this one moment because it actually doesn't focus on the battle that much. It kind of gets down to individual things mm. pretty quickly. I really liked though, in terms of battle scenes, the moment where the um dwarves are rushing towards the orcs. I I guess it is. And they like kind of make this like shield, like shield and then yeah. the elves like oh, leap over, over uh, just like as a cool shot. Yeah, it was, I was cool. like, oh, that, that's really cool.
0: The dwarves did always look a little bit CGI. Yeah, me, they though. did. Yeah. Especially that, like the way they like the shields, like all like locked into place. Yeah. It was almost yeah. too perfect.
1: Yeah. It felt like they were all CGI. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they were. Dane, the, uh, Billy Connolly character.
0: Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. <laughs> um, Which was just weird. That was so weird. I yeah. really, really, really disliked that. Yeah. On many levels, too. Yeah. Like,
1: uh, so you go, I feel like I'm high genius. No, I was, I've got nothing more to say than I, I <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, he okay. looked weird. Yeah. Like, he was cg Uncanny yeah. stuff. Like, I... For a moment, I thought it was my 3D glasses. I was oh, like, you saw it in 3D? Yeah, I saw it in 3D it. I saw it in 2D, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would have chose 2D, but the theatre only had 3D. Um, but 24 frames. Okay. Uh, and it was good. Like, the 3D was fine. Yeah, um, Yeah. I thought it was my glasses. I thought, like, something had gone wrong or it was a bit <laughs> dark. I was like, he looks weird. What is that? And then I kind of realised that he'd been, his face had been digitally painted over or yeah. something. Whatever I think he's it was.
0: all digital, right? Oh, you think the helmet's real? Uh,
1: no, I think he is all digital yeah, yeah, yeah. in reading up and stuff after yeah. but at the time i thought they just like oh, touched yeah. up his face yeah. um so he looked weird but then i i just think it was a bad i really like billy Connolly, but yeah. i think it was a bad casting choice yeah, I agree. instantly recognizable yeah. instantly everyone in the cinema was laughing even though i mean he's kind of humorous but it's like this is an important moment yeah i don't know why they made that decision and to be a bigger nerd i hate that he used like the word bastards. and Yeah, like, no, it Let's doesn't stand like, in, that, the, doesn't in fit. that world. Yeah, yeah not yep. at all. They don't talk like that.
0: Yeah, I did feel like it just got a bit silly then. Yeah,
1: then. it really did get silly. And he was on like a big boar thing, like a big um, pig. And I don't know, it just looked... It was just yeah. silly and it, it felt out of place. Yeah, it was
0: all silly. And it, and like when you add CGI to that, it just becomes a cartoon. And you just yeah. literally don't care anymore because yeah. it, it becomes... Yeah, cartoon characters whacking each other. And I'm, mm. that's not to say, you know, animated films can't be moving. But in the context in of the context, film that you're watching, yeah. when it switches to that, mm. it's just, you know, it's all digital mm. pixels in a computer and there's no weight to it at all. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I was really disappointed with that, actually.
1: Mm. Um, I guess he's not in it for too long, so it's not a
0: huge yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, yeah, I don't know. Strange. It's such, yeah, such a strange choice to do that yeah. especially given how many other dwarves are in the film and yeah. he's done pretty well with prosthetics on them yeah like, yeah that's right it's strange that he chose to create a digital character for Billy Connolly yeah it's odd yeah
1: I guess uh, we, sh- we should talk about The Hobbit as well Martin Freeman who yeah, probably good <laughs> as always in all of these films is just like I wish there was more of him yeah. he's so good he is the best thing in, in every scene and actually, the closest I came to getting upset was um, the Thorin death. and
0: As because of Bilbo. Because of Bilbo, yeah. his reaction. Yeah, you know, totally. That,
1: again, I wish it was longer, but there's a couple of seconds of him kind of like collapsing next to Thorin and like really sobbing. And yeah. I, I felt that because he's such yeah. a great actor. No, I
0: totally agree, actually. Um, yeah, it's such a shame that he hasn't got more to do. I mean, I don't think he's quite as sidelined as people seem to. No, think, especially rewatching the original, f- the first two films. Yeah, like he does have quite a bit to do, but it's yeah, it's a real shame that he doesn't get to do more, and there's not exactly. more of a focus on his yeah. journey and his character arc because yeah, yeah, Martin Freeman's is just so fucking great.
1: Yeah, easily the best thing about yeah. the whole bit film. Uh, yeah, it was such perfect casting.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I actually remember quite liking that moment where the battle suddenly broke into the mm. the villagers hiding yeah. within the city walls. Yeah. Because I I guess it, it kind of shifted away from this big CGI battles where you didn't mm. really care about anyone because no one yeah. you cared about was involved with that, in that battle at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And moved to a place where there's people that you do know and care about. Yeah. Even right. though it was still a little bit CGI, like, mm. it suddenly felt like there were stakes again. And you're mm. like, oh, crap, now that wall's been breached. Yeah. We have to worry about this now. Like, yeah. Hopefully all these people can survive. Yeah. I just think... Like, the whole... All the battle stuff is also indicative of the way they're trying to make it thematically bigger, which I think is, mm. like, the Sauron stuff a bit as well. Mm. And it it just doesn't have the, the soul. You know, there's nothing that warrants that level of grandeur yeah. and it makes me feel too like if it was as enormous as it's depicted in this film and such a huge defining moment that must be one of the biggest things to ever fucking happen in Middle Earth like <laughs> why aren't people talking about it I mean I guess it gets like vaguely mentioned in the in the Lord of the Rings films, right? Yeah. Bill, Bill, the adventure, Bilbo went on, but yeah. Jesus Christ, like, you know. Yeah, no, yeah. If it was so enormous, it would have, like, changed the course of history and it would have been this well-known thing that everyone spoke about. I don't know. Yeah. It feels like it should never have been depicted as such an epic. No, yeah, I, I
1: totally agree, yeah. That that was just so they could sort of connect them, try and connect them, as you said, thematically. You know. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Yeah. I think overall that that's kind of... The hobbit films in the, in the nutshell yeah. is that if they'd kept it a bit simpler and and in in that way like stuck closer to the source material and the tone of the source i think you could still have the darker stuff and, and still connect it to a degree but to try and bring it to the exact same level it's
0: just it, it's never going to work yeah um going back to the structural this is another problem <laughs> um uh, I think it's I was talking before I mean I don't know whether we can use this but uh, like I was talking before about how this highlights the issues of extending the other films I think the the key reason that it's so apparent in this film is that pretty much nothing happens in this film mm. Do you know I mean? like it literally is just a battle like it's the third act yeah. just chopped off there like there's no story progression like we open and the dwarves Mm. are already in the mountain Mm. I mean like the only thing that happens is Lake Town gets destroyed and Smaug dies like before the titles and then after that you're at the point of Mm. like that's as far as the story goes and Mm. then you've got two hours of war building up to a war and then a war and then going home and it just feels like narratively that doesn't warrant a film mm. Mm. you know what I mean that's not totally. a f- that's not a story yeah. that's an action sequence that's been stretched over two and a half hours yeah. do you know what I mean and as good as it, it was and as well as it wraps certain things up I just think like it, it completely highlights the problems with trying to stretch these into three films mm. like it just it sh- shouldn't have been done or yeah. it should have been done in a different way yeah, than what yeah they ended up
1: doing. I agree and I think uh, that's a positive seeing them as a whole though, yes. because yes. it works as the third act You know, if each movie is an act yep. then it works in that sense but yeah totally as a movie that you had to wait a year to see yeah. and, and as a standalone thing yeah the story doesn't progress that far Bilbo doesn't learn anymore after no. Smaug dies Thorin has his little sickness but then bounces like there's, there's nothing really concrete that yeah. changes no. from that point on um, and I, I don't know if it's unfair to keep bringing up the movie that could have been, but yeah. but it's kind of important because we know that's what it was. Yeah, know? it
0: almost literally was that. Yeah. It's not it like we're just randomly movies. speculating. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that's what they had scripted. Yeah. And like after they had filmed, they decided to make it into three. Yeah. So, you know, and those problems are apparent. Yeah. I also want to say though that uh as we explained at the start of the episode, we love... The Lord of the Rings so much and Middle Earth in general and I think that's why we might sound overly critical or picky Yeah, I think but I would true. still give this like a 7 out of 10 you know like I, mm. I still enjoyed it and I still really like the Hobbit films there's there's just no um, weight or emotional connection necessarily that I get from them you know yeah. they're fun movies yeah. um, whereas I want them to be like Probably unfairly, like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, we have
0: unfairly high expectations. Yeah. We? Well, perhaps not unfairly because he did create those films. You know. Yeah. I mean? like, that's a pretty fair bar to set, I think. Yeah. Um, but no, I I think you're right. I think we can come off as overly critical just because we do love the universe and the films so much. Yeah. Um, and I think it is important to note that they are as flawed and as overstuffed and you know potentially a little bit manipulative in terms of marketing and stretching something into three films when they really shouldn't have. Um, As bad as that stuff is, they're still so much better than so much of the shit out there. Absolutely. Yeah, I was talking to you the other day, like I watched Transformers 4 and it was just, I wanted to tear my eyes out. It was offensive in like how mind-numbing and there was just zero characters, like character development, zero motivation. That's right, yeah. Yeah, nothing made sense. Whereas at least at least these Hobbit films have a heart and even if it's they do, yeah. Sort of like clouded and yeah. some of it's a bit muddled and yeah. misguided, it it's I think it's there. yeah, it's got its heart in the right place yeah, and it's absolutely. trying to do something, absolutely, yeah. Good. Yeah. And it's it that's, so, that's such a good point to an point.
1: extent. Yeah, that's such a good point. And that's that's how we can find all these nitpicks yeah. and, and still enjoy and say we like the movies, Yeah. You know? Because you're right, the, the, it's the, the heart is in the right place. Yeah. And there is so much violence and action in this film, but it does still devote time to character building and character yeah. moments. Yep. And, and, like, yeah, that's, you're, you're so right. That's such a difference compared to a lot of blockbuster crap that's out yep. these days. Yeah,
0: totally. All right, so we have a special guest here in the studio with us. Um, we do. We've got the lovely Rob <laughs> <laughs> McBride, who uh, is a visual effects artist for Weta, who's worked on a whole uh, bunch of things. So uh, thanks for coming in, Rob. Um, can you give us a quick rundown of what your role was in uh, in Weta and the Hobbit films?
2: Uh, <laughs> just a VFX artist. Um, okay. Yeah, not anybody special uh, or famous uh, <laughs> <laughs> vfx artist for weta digital um so post-production crew okay. um yeah not friends with pj or anything like that so. <laughs> <Get out>. yeah <laughs> i know sorry <laughs> thank you very sorry. much yeah. <laughs> so, can we get somebody better or <laughs> <laughs> more famous yeah. um
1: so you you were in new zealand rob when the films were sort of officially announced and what what was that like was there like a a real positive vibe then or was it uh sort of daunting all this work ahead or or how, how did that feel uh
2: the entire time that i was living and working there um that was the time when pj was sort of fighting tooth and nail to get the whole thing uh commissioned uh to be made in new zealand because there was this 50-50 thing going on for quite a while there where it was likely that they were going to take it and shoot it in Eastern Europe somewhere. Really? Uh, Yeah. That was also when um, uh, Guillermo del Toro was still attached to the project as the director. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they were both still... From what I could understand, they were both still pretty mad keen. Um, But I think that Guillermo probably... Cared a lot less about whether it was made in New Zealand yeah, right. or not. Mm, yeah. Whereas PJ's always Makes like sense. this grassroots battler, yeah, friend of, of the people. Yeah. Yeah, um, totally. Wants to get o- bring all the work there. You yeah. know, make sure that everybody's sorted out, which is a really great. You know, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. You, s- you saw pictures of him in the paper uh, back then, and that was you know when he had his ulcer, and it was yeah, when I he was that. yeah, and he looked. Terrible. He did, yeah. He looked, he looked really st- bad, really sick. And, he looked and like I thought he was, was gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He looked like he was I was really was worried. <laughs> yeah. His hair was all lank. He, he was really thin too. <laughs> yeah. Like, and his face was just hanging off him. He looked like Iggy Pop or something. <laughs> yeah. <you> know, like. <laughs> but um, yeah. And then they actually, in the end, they they went to Parliament and they had um, Parliament pass some bills. Uh, some. Uh, some sort of I can't remember what it was, but it was like um employment based like uh, I think maybe workers union based bills and uh, I don't really know what it is this is like this is 50-50 out of my out of my ass sort of talking here. <laughs> but uh, yeah it got to this crazy level where we were all sort of laughing about it we like wow they've got a parliament with this now <laughs> yeah. this is insane they must really want this made here you know yeah. and parliament would dead keen for it to be you know like the country was like this is a really big tourism thing for us Absolutely. Yeah. It's a really big employment it's such a thing boost probably. for the economy yeah us. and yeah. we want to this we have a film industry because of the original right. rings films like, exactly Yeah. I remember at that point there was um you know, you, you'd go out drinking um, with guys who uh, used to work at Weta, but, you know, were, hadn't hadn't worked there for a while and were banking on this, this work to land, you know. Mm. Um, they used to say stuff to me like, uh, they'd list off all these sort of Kiwi battler films, like The Whale Rider and, um, you know, a lot of other different ones. I think um, maybe that dreadful sequel to Once Were Warriors and, you know, a whole bunch of different Kiwi films that were made after The Rings. Mm. Now, like, all of those films wouldn't exist if not for The Rings because that created the infrastructure. Mm. Um, and then, you know, I remember the day that, um, that they passed the bill and it was like, all right, it's official. We are going to shoot it here now. Um, we can finally commence pre-production on this thing. People were partying in the streets and stuff. All these dudes were like, "Yep, drinks on me, let's go." You know, like, I remember oh, yeah. being at the Matterhorn and there was all these different wetten people before I worked there, and they're all partying. And even the politicians who had direct hands on the bill signing were like there with them. You know, and they're like, "Yeah, party." You know. <laughs> I remember walking to work that morning, and the um, you know how they have bulletin boards for for newspapers at mm-hmm. the at the news agency yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff, where it just says the main story on it. Yeah, like that cage thingy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, And I remember seeing uh, those on the way in and with this big printed picture of Andy Serkis um, as Smeagol, not as Gollum, like holding the ring up and being like, ah, and it's like, the precious is ours. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, like, yes, we got it back. So
1: then uh, production sort of fully started around what, what, what time was that around roughly like 2010 2011
2: they started shooting it i you know sometime in like late 2011 i want to say i don't really know they were shooting it on and off in bits and pieces for ages like there was even talk of pickup shots um as late as like second quarter last year just to oh, wow. fill things up mm. you know and also, while we were working on the first film, while we had just started working on the first film, I'm sure that they made this decision a long time before we knew about it, but uh, it was about halfway through the year that they were like, we think we're going to do three films instead of two mm, films. Yeah, um,
1: that that's was going to be my next question. Yeah. If you were there for that, yeah. yeah.
2: And we were like... No, nah. I mean, that's just no. They're not going to do that. This is somebody's read this on the Onion or something. Yeah, this is yeah. silly, yeah. you know. And then it became public knowledge, and we were still like, no, they're trolling the media. This is, <laughs> this is they're not they're not telling the truth. And then it was like, oh, we're yeah, we're doing three films. Oh, okay, we're going to do three films now. We're going to be working on this for the next three years. Wow. All right. Cool. I can't see quite how you turn that book into three films, but yeah. yeah. It was all about us stewing it. It was stewing it out, you know. Like, if you look back at the trailer for the first and, I think, the second film, there's stuff in those trailers that was never in that film. Mm. And it was actually in the third film in the end, mm. you know, mm. when, it, when it's all told. Um, and, I mean, they stewed it so much that there was sequences. That, like, they still shot way too much stuff, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know even the third film trailer you look at it and it has the chariot sequence in it which yeah, was never so in the, the missing, film yeah. yeah
1: when the decision to split into three films was made was there was that a good thing do you think um, um like amongst the the wetter staff or? oh
2: amongst the wetter staff absolutely yeah. everybody was yeah, yeah. It was like, all right dude yeah. like three years instead of two years yeah. Yeah. bring it on yeah this is gonna be great i gonna buy a house or something (laughs) Yeah, it was it was definitely um it was a great thing when even when it was just officially um signed and slated to be uh shot in new zealand partying in the streets Mm. everybody's like come with me Mm. drinks are on me you know i've got three daughters and work for the next two years at that Mm. point was what they were saying Mm. yeah it turned into three years so yeah yeah definitely huh
0: so in terms of getting the work, like, do you get any input into what you work on? Or is it completely just you get assigned your shots or your the film that you're going to be working on?
2: Oh, no. It, it is, I mean, it's huge. Mm-hmm. The studios, there's something like, I mean, just off the top of my head, there must be something like 15 different studios in, in Wellington, and each one of them can have anywhere between you know one to two hundred people in it at Mm -hmm. a time and that fluctuates quite a lot like there's people coming from overseas all the time because they have they want to go and have this cool this cool like working holiday Mm. in New Zealand and go around and see it all and work on cool films at Mm Weta and then go back to the States or the UK or wherever they're from um, you know continue working in their industry but yeah it's quite vast and you are a bit of a cog in a machine there is a bit of a machine operator kind of um air to it so you're getting assigned shots completely at random yeah right. if, if you are um it does kind of the people assigning the shots to you uh, are looking at your skill level and what you've done well on mm-hmm. uh in terms of all the different types of work that you have done mm. and they are angling what they're assigning to you a little bit more to what mm. they know you'll do well yeah. with mm. um and you do get like sh- like it's not, it's not totally, um, faceless and heartless. They, they are thinking about you, you know, (laughs) Mm. you might get a real revoltingly hard shot that is just demoralizing to work on, (laughs) um, you know, and, uh, and not fun, you know, and takes days and nights and a lot of concentration to do, to Mm. complete. Um, and then after that, um, you know, you'll, you'll request a new shot and they'll take pity on you and give you something <laughs> yeah. very simple and yeah. brainless or something quite awesome and quite exciting to work on because yeah. you've done you've done your pants yeah. you know? yeah. and I definitely did work on a couple of really really challenging shots is you there know? any
0: in particular that you remember that were
2: oh man complete um, ball breakers uh, there's a shot that was supposed to be in the first film uh, and it I think it ended up being in the second film where they're in the Mirkwood and Bilbo climbs to the top of a tree to look across oh, the yeah. canopy yeah. to see yeah. where, whether they're going in the right direction. Um, and there's a shot there where he's sort of sticking his head out and looking. And in that shot, there was a fan and a light uh, to make the tree move um, yeah. and also just a set light. And I had to remove both of those f- and they were kind of behind the tree. So I had to isolate Believe. the... Yeah, I had to isolate a fan and a light uh, with tree in front of it, pretty yeah, much. And one of the fan is, like, that's going, like... You can hear me, like, gesticulating quite a lot with my arms there. Yeah. Um, so I'm chasing all these things around, trying to isolate and remove them. And the other one with the light is sort of very hard to see what I was looking at because I was looking into a light, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so that was... Quite hard. I remember one of the seniors when I first started. He was working on a, a Dolgida shot of um, of Gandalf, like running through the maze, uh, and there's like it's like almost like a handy cam shot following him, and there's these uh, there's these Iron Maidens um, and all of the, these big sort of nasty. Uh, uh, vines with big spikes on them and all of that has heaps of overlapping detail and he was mm. having to go through and do all this really complicated paint and roto work on that mm. to isolate all this different stuff for compositing mm-hmm. right. and I was looking at it and <laughs> it's just like, oh my god man, How? why have they even given this to you? Surely there's a completely other separate way of looking at this <laughs> now where they go, oh no, don't do it in that department because that'll be a nightmare and he's, Yeah. he's like, yeah man um, this is when I was new is like, don't ever feel ashamed if you get a shot and you know that it's going to take you about two or three months to complete it that doesn't mean you're bad at your job wow. it just really? means that it'll take a really really long yeah. time to complete it yeah. so
1: would that be something that originally they when shooting they weren't necessarily sure whether it was going to have a lot of effects work in it and then later on, they're like, oh, we need to separate this. Like, would there be green screen if they knew in advance?
2: It was, um, or... there was quite a lot of stuff, and that was one of them where, like, there was entire, entire Lake Town areas and mm. entire. Erebor areas and, and yeah, Dol Gulda areas that were built on sound stages that are completely surrounded by green screen right, yeah. uh, at the Stone Street Studios and I think it may be a couple of other ones. I've been inside there. It's enormous. When you're doing a really complicated, long handy shot on a set like that, mm. there's still floor equipment, right. um, mm-hmm. ceiling, all sorts of different things that may need to be comped out. Uh, and there's also areas where the green isn't keyable. Um, mm. But, I mean, that's all sort of fix-up work. There's, there's a lot of art form to Rotoscopy as well, um, and that's all sort of more on the CGI end of things, I yep. guess. Yeah, yep.
1: I think the, the critic consensus is that the Hobbit films aren't as good as the the mm. Rings films and it, because they have been stretched out quite a bit. Does, do people talk about that or is it kind of like a no-no to badmouth it? Well, way, I
2: mean, you know, everybody's entitled to their own individual opinion. Yeah. And it's you've got to separate your job and your own taste in film as well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like there's been a bit of smack talk about the Hobbit films as they've slowly been released over the last three years. Mm. And I don't mean at work, I mean um, just, you know, between friends and in general, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that people have probably been a little bit unfair, Yeah. but I also kind of feel like maybe the general public um, had a gutful by the time the first one came out, because there was a lot of promotional work going on, Mm -hmm. and I think everybody might have gotten almost to that point where they had had a gutful and then they weren't as enthused about Mm. the films anymore Mm. Um, and also you know with the whole is it going to be shot here or overseas thing it took quite a long time for them to actually be made so they're in the Mm. media for a very long time and there's also this kind of stigma of um, you know Episode one, two and three versus yeah. episode four, yeah. five and six and all the CGI and the new mm. Star Wars films mm. and all the magic and wonderment of the old ones mm. that were puppets and stuff. Mm. Um, and there is a bit of that mm. s- uh, sort of floating around these new Hobbit films.
1: Yeah. I have um, to ask, have you crossed paths with Peter Jackson no. at any point?
2: <laughs> Uh, I haven't um, okay. I a I lot suppose of, that's
1: common for a lot of people his, right yeah people to not meet me. him quite
2: yeah. a lot of my friends have um, in other studios where they've been walking back from the toilet or something mm-hmm. and he's been in the studio for a morning visit and they've walked past him and he's walked past in the opposite direction or whatever yeah. um, I've never seen him um, you know out on the streets in the hood as a civilian mm. um but everybody that I know who has seen him at work has always said that he never wears shoes mm. uh because <laughs> he is up. a hobbit yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is the most legitimate hobbit in reality that you yeah. will ever know
1: uh well th- this has been a really fascinating yeah, it's talk Rob it's, it's been a real pleasure having you in here and uh, getting a bit of an insight into how wet it works and, mm. and this, particularly with the hobbit production and everything um so thank you very much for joining yeah, us. and has um, been a but, pleasure. You know, maybe we can have you back again sometime after you've worked on The Silmarillion. I would very
2: much be keen to talk about films with you guys anytime. time <laughs> you yeah. want. Great. Cool. That's yeah. cool. yeah, good.
1: Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the pre-post film review, all you hobbits out there. Uh, we'd love to hear what you guys thought of this hobbit film and, mm-hmm. and the trilogy in general. Just any and Lord of the Rings. Any Lord of the Rings, anything. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're just just gonna, please email us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, even if it's like erotic fan fiction between Gandalf and Saruman, that's fine as well. Um, please email us at um, pre review at gmail.com Um, Every now and then we get uh, feedback and we love hearing that from you guys. So send it in. It's really great. And we we always reply. So that's great as well.
0: Um, You can also find us on Facebook. So if you give us a like there, that would be awesome. That helps us reach new followers and listeners. Um, So that's always good if you can do that. Uh, We're on Twitter as well. Um, We're at PrePostFR. So give us a follow there and we occasionally tweet out little bits and pieces and we'll uh announce when we have new episodes up for you to download um but the most important thing is head over to itunes and subscribe to the podcast um and if you subscribe leave a little review tell us what you think because that uh helps us reach new listeners as well and gets us featured on lists and up on the newer noteworthy page on the itunes store and lots of things like that so that's a huge huge help yeah it's great um if iTunes isn't your cup of tea, we're also on Stitcher. So similarly, you subscribe to us there and leave us a review because that helps more people find us and listen to our super interesting conversations <laughs> on film. <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, we're also on uh, Letterboxd, so you can find uh, Matt and myself on Letterboxd. Uh, the links are in the show notes for this episode yeah. and for every episode. Uh, Letterboxd is a great film community where you can uh, rate films, leave little reviews, and it's, it's a great way to see um, what we think about movies that we don't talk about on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and uh, to, to catalogue a diary for yourself as well. Uh, yeah, it's really helpful,
0: especially towards the end of the year when yeah. everyone's trying to tally up the films that they saw and yeah, yeah. figure out what they enjoyed the best. I think
1: that's the best feature of it because you are dating every movie yeah. that you've seen and you can look back at the end of the year and go oh I've seen X amount of movies yeah, and that's really
0: cool. yeah it's great a uh, box aren't paying us for that advantage. no they're not yeah <laughs> but if they want to that's okay
1: um, please join us next episode guys as we're going to be talking about Birdman yeah. I was
0: going to make a bird noise yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I actually, I didn't like Galadriel's...
0: Yeah, actually, I'm un- I had that in Ring, my notes. It's like, grung, I don't know. Grunge. Oh, that? Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> the <song>? old Grinch. <laughs> what
1: was that movie? Uh, the Grunge? Grudge. Grudge. <laughs> grunge. Grunge. <laughs> That's a music movement. <laughs> you dickhead. Um, <laughs> I'll just say that bit again.